0: The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.
1: First and ten for Perry Hills and the Turks From the 12, Hills. That's a tunnel screen and he threw it. Intercepted. Right into the hands of Desmond King. The jubilee. Detroit! will take it to the house! Desmond King now tied for the NCAA lead with seven picks this year. Second career pick six. He has been dynamite over the last 12 months for this Iowa defense.
0: Hello everyone, this is John Patchett and welcome to the football show from Hawkeyes Mike. This is our new Reporter's Notebook podcast. This week it features Steve Batterson who looks back at the Hawks' Big Ten home win over Maryland and previews this week's Indiana game and you'll hear from the head coaches in this coming Saturday's game Iowa's Kirk Ferentz and Indiana's Kevin Wilson. This Hawkeyes Mike podcast is one in a series of our weekly programs which include sports reporter Scott Docterman of the Gazette and Steve Batterson from the Quad City Times plus our own Tyler Chemelin. Game highlights are courtesy of ABC ESPN2 with announcers Adam Amin and Kelly Stopher We very much appreciate it and thank them.
2: Hawkeyes Mic programs are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal. Building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years.
0: Iowa travels to Memorial Stadium in Bloomington, Indiana this Saturday for an inter-division Big Ten conference game. Both teams will be playing their ninth game this season. The Hawkeyes, as you know, improved to 8-0, 4-0, with last week's 31-15 home win over Maryland. Iowa leads the Big Ten West. It's only the second time in history for the Hawkeyes with an 8-0 start the last time 2009. It's the third time under Kirk Ferentz with a 4-0 Big Ten start, also 2009 and 2002. It's the first time since 1903 that the Big Ten has had three 8-0 football teams. At that time, it was the University of Chicago, Minnesota, and Northwestern. Indiana is coming off its bye week. The Hoosiers are 4-4, 0-4, last in the Big Ten East, but they have been competitive versus Ohio State, Penn State, and, for most of the game, against the Michigan State Spartans. Iowa leads the all-time series, 43-28-4. The Hawkeyes also lead in. Bloomington games 1918-1. and 1. Indiana won the last game at Memorial Stadium 24-21 in 2012, while the Hawkeyes won the game last year at Kinnick Stadium 45-29. Iowa last won at Indiana in 2010. Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz is in his 17th year at Iowa, where his record is 123-85. and Kirk now ranks eight all-time in the Big Ten with wins. Indiana head coach Kevin Wilson is in his fifth year at Indiana and also his fifth year as a head coach. His record is 18 and 38. He's the former offensive coordinator under Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. In the rankings, the Hawkeyes are ninth in the first football bowl playoff poll. Iowa remains at number 10 in the AP poll. And number 11 in the coaches' poll, both of those for the second week in a row. Iowa depth changes on offense for the Indiana game. Akram Wadley and LaShawn Daniels are sharing the top line at running back, followed by Derek Mitchell. There are no changes on defense. The undefeated Hawkeyes get one of this Saturday's two Primo TV spots, 2.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on ESPN with announcers Mike Patrick, Ed Cunningham, and Dr. Jerry Punch. The Hawkeye Radio Network will also do the game as usual with Gary Dolphin and Ed Podolak. And this game will be available on satellite radio, Sirius, and XM Channels 81. And as Steve Batterson noted, Frank Beamer of Virginia Tech has announced that he will retire after this season. You know what that leaves? It leaves Kirk Ferentz and Bob Stoops as the nation's longest-tenured college football coaches. What if we're still doing this when we're 50? It would be nice to have that kind of job security.
1: Leeds 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 from Lebo. Lebo. A slip of a tackle by Akram Wadley! And another rushing touchdown for the Hawkeyes sophomore. Averaging six yards a pop. And how about the last two games for the previously unknown Akram Wadley? Outside Iowa City, not a whole lot of people had even heard of this guy. But with the injury to Jordan Kanziri, the last three weeks, two games have belonged to Wadley. He's got six rushing touchdowns. 14-zip Iowa.
0: let's hear from the head coaches in this coming Saturday's game first up Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz, who was asked if his defense has progressed even further and faster than he anticipated since the conclusion of the Hawkeye Spring practice
3: you know yes and no I think we had a uh, a gauge on the athleticism of the group you know that that part you kind of but Desmond King's probably a good example of what I'm alluding to here it's one thing to be fast or athletic and then it's another thing to play fast and, and play athletic and uh, I don't know how fast Desmond is I, I don't you know necessarily Necessarily, uh, we don't time our guys actually, but uh, you know, you watch them practice, you watch them train, you get a feel for it. But, but then the, the real thing is, uh, you know, how do they play? How fast do they play? And a lot of that's just knowing what to do and, and really, you know, reacting quickly, even to pictures that you haven't seen, because sometimes you know you can't. You, it's impossible to prepare for everything that's going to happen in the course of a game. So, a you know, player's uh, knowledge base, how he can connect dots and those types of things, and do it quickly, uh, makes him play faster. And I think that's why Desmond's playing faster this year than he than he did a year ago. And probably could say about our whole group right now. They really seem to be clicking. They seem to be taking care of their uh, responsibilities. And then when they do that, they you know, it gives everybody a chance to kind of get in the flow of things.
0: Ferentz responded to the inevitable question about the first college football playoff poll released this week.
3: I have given it thought because you know everybody's been talking about it for a while. So uh, I didn't do this, but somebody helped me out a little bit. Uh, I went back and researched. Someone did for me. And my, my numbers are correct. Of the top four teams last year at this time, three of them didn't make it to the to the dance. And then uh, the team that won the national. National championship was 16th so i'd throw it right kind of in the category of august pulls you know that mean a lot right now but it, but it's been great for for the game it's been really good for a lot of people to talk about interest in college football is probably at an all-time high so that stuff's all positive and my, my only two observations are that uh a they don't mean a lot right now and then b people that spend a lot of time especially the people that get sucked into conversation which i've witnessed uh, not only with these polls but the bcs stuff they tend to you know get nailed pretty quick soon thereafter so we're going to try to avoid both of those plates
0: Fair was asked whether it's getting harder for the team to block out all the noise given the undefeated season to date and talk of the Big Ten title and even the college football playoffs.
3: There's noise of any type, no matter where you're at, whether it's medium, heavy, or low. You know, uh, good, positive, or indifferent. So, you know, the big thing for us right now, we we got a game this Saturday, and anybody who's at the game uh, last Saturday knows that was a tough, hard-fought game, and that's really the nature of college football. If you watch TV on Saturdays, you're going to see a lot of those types of games. And uh, so, really, the best thing we can do Right now is just try to try to get our football team ready to play this week, and that's what we've encouraged our players to do. Same way, you know, the best thing they can do to help our football team is do what they do best, and that's that's prepared. And then you got to go out and compete. But said it weeks ago, I, you know, my suspicion was, you know, we could probably beat anybody on our schedule. Probably could lose to anybody. Things haven't changed. And all that being said, you know, I haven't seen much of our opponents coming down the road. Quite frankly, I've seen a lot of Indiana, seen a lot of Maryland, and all the teams that we've played. And that that's really about the, the extent of my knowledge base right now.
0: Kirk talks about the emphasis since spring on his defense setting the edge and swarming to the ball.
3: We try to sell it every year it's just you know how it's received and how well we can execute it and you know the credit again goes to the players they're doing a really good job not perfect but we're doing a you know much better job than a year ago and you know it's, it's a team effort you know whether it's out on the perimeter inside and then you know you lose a guy like Drew out who's a really good football player a really good leader like we talked about the fullbacks and for a guy like Parker to step in and do what he's done has really been impressive and he's not as good as Drew right now for obvious reasons uh, but you know he's stepped in a us to really keep playing good team defense. So uh, a lot, a lot of guys are you know putting effort into it. Somebody does have to to contain a player, set an edge, and then you know other guys better be coming to the ball. Uh, that that one play, you know, just like that uh, Miami Duke play is the longest play I've ever seen. That touchdown in front of our bench last week might be the quickest play I've ever seen. I got to that end zone fast, kind of like Rod Woodson in 85 or 87 out there. Those are two of the fastest touchdowns I've ever seen scoring in Kinnick, and you know, we better do a better job. We're going to see that again Saturday.
0: And Ferentz was asked about the improbability eight games into the season of giving up only two rushing touchdowns.
3: Uh, the, the biggest thing, the broader picture for me is that we're just playing better run defense and for us that's important. You know, it's not important for everybody. Maybe everybody's got different uh, statistical categories they look at and view as important, but for us, you know, we just think that's really important. To, that's kind of how we're built. So, you know, if we're not doing a good job of slowing the run down, uh, and last year's game's perfect evidence that we, we got worn out and that's just not a good feeling. So, But again, it's a really a team effort. I think the guys are uh, doing a great job of you know feeding off each other they're taking care of their responsibilities when 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 that happens you know some good things can be a result of that it wasn't our goal I guess maybe it was our goal to have no no rushing touchdowns but hate to give up anything but at least yeah so far so good the guys are doing a good job but touchdowns are touchdowns I'm I'm more focused on the points per game that that's more important to us
0: Next, we hear from Indiana head coach Kevin Wilson, who talks about what his team did during its bye week and moving into the preparation for the Iowa game.
4: As players, for the most part, very impressed with how our group has kind of handled a lot of coming to work days every day when g- good or bad I don't think this team's been a team it's been a roller coaster up and down with energy I didn't think our game performance thought we were a little stale at Penn State but other than that there's not been a lot of visuals of you know, I didn't like our, the body language or the effort or the attitude and energy and uh, again we didn't over we did a, a fair amount of what I would Well, we we use the word developmental and sometimes developmental maybe it's Greg Gooch who's learning how to play bandit who was playing linebacker uh, maybe it's Brandon Knight uh, that you're var- playing as a freshman, so it's not just, hey, you're red-shirted guys or, or, or guys that aren't playing. It's just, you know, some of the second-team guys need work, so we did a fair amount of that last week. Did some introductory work for the guys that have played a lot, Try to take a little bit of hitting off of them. A lot of energy, so again, like like what I saw, and hopefully that'll lead into some really strong prep. Now we're kind of back into just Iowa. Last week it was a little bit of everything, a little bit of developmental, a little bit of intro of, of a few opponents, a little bit of get, get your, your team fresh mentally, physically. We're a decent practice team. Team. I'm get us into being a better game team, and we'll see if that translates Saturday.
0: Wilson was asked for his assessment of this year's Iowa team.
4: To me, uh, and I think our football guys will tell you just the, how consistent they play and as a group, offense, defense, kicking, put it all together. I mean, last game is an example of it's a 14 0 game, and right before half, they they sky punt, coffin corner to the three, play three straight plays of shutdown D, get a block punt that's deflected out to the 19, and they score in four plays later, three plays later. And so was about an eight-ten play run of all phases from sky kick into defense into punt return into that. Um, Maryland scores to make it 21-7 to seven and uh, they recover an onside kick. Iowa does, where you just see, you know, you know that's the third phase in that game of a kicking unit. It's what, 24-7 to seven and Iowa's or Maryland's down ready to score and there's an 80-yard interception return. 80-something yard on, on a wide receiver screen. So you just see them contributing all phases, playing really good run defense, running the ball very, very well. Quarterback's playing at a high level, got a lot nice weapons, like the way their offensive line and tight ends block and complement. Defensively playing really good run defense, giving up 65, 70 yards a game, fourth in the country. Defensive back leads the country in pick returns. It's just, it's, it's a team that's playing really, really good. Well coached as they always are.
0: And Wilson talks about Hawkeyes starting quarterback C.J. Bethard.
4: Hadn't lost. He's 9-0. You know, football family. You know, his uh, grandfather was the old Redskins GM, I believe, Bobby Bethard, right? So uh, just seems to have a nice presence about him. I guess he's uh, injured a groin, but he's still moving around Pretty good that last game. I think they're smart. He's a kid that does have some mobility, but really distributes the ball well. I think they got a lot of nice pieces on offense. A Couple of tight end guys. Uh, one of them shoot. One of them was a kid. His dad coached at Oklahoma when I was down there. I know him real well. But the way they use the tight end group, they're a very talented at receiver. Several running backs. They've had multiple guys over 100 yards. A couple guys at 200. That goes back to the old line, which is Coach uh, Kirk and, and his son Brian and the job they do. Best of Brian. I think he does a heck of a job with the line. So he's just kind of back there managing. I don't know if it's a great group, but you put them all together and they're better together than they are independently because that line can block and those tight ends complement. And Here comes those hard-running running backs and they get one-on-ones and that quarterback gets them in good plays. So uh, it's uh, you don't win all these games the way they're winning. They're scoring points. Like I said, they've done a nice job and I've got, always had a lot of respect for, for their program and the job that they've done there. And this is a good football team. Third down and goal. They will run
1: the football. And diving ahead is Derek Mitchell. He gets into the end zone for a touchdown. The second in as many weeks. For the redshirt sophomore out of St. Louis. The block punt by men's set it all up for the Hawkeyes to go up three touchdowns. And think back to the clock management. Being able to save that timeout affords you the opportunity to run it in that situation. As number 10 has the 21 to nothing lead. How many things have you touched today?
4: Hmm? Ooh, a puppy.
1: (laughs) How many places have your hands been?
4: Ooh, a keyboard.
1: 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer protects your hands all day. Stays on up to 10 washings. Moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything.
4: Yeah, a toilet.
1: Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. <laughs>
0: Time now for our weekly reporter's notebook show this week with Steve Batterson. You can read Steve's articles in the Quad City Times and online at qctimes.com. You can also follow Steve on Twitter at SBAT79. Steve looks back at the Maryland game, and he previews this Saturday's Big Ten contest at Indiana. Steve, as always, before we look ahead at the Iowa-Indiana game, let's look back at the Hawkeyes' big win at home over Maryland, 31-15. It was a awesome first half for the Hawkeyes, dominant in every way, and they pretty much did whatever they needed to do in the second half.
5: Yeah, a uh, pretty methodical finish to uh, to a game that really was in Iowa's hands. Uh, certainly after they went up twenty-one-zero right before the half, uh, a big pump block, a uh, short field, and a, and a touchdown by the uh, third running back of the day to reach the end zone uh, left Iowa with a really comfortable margin heading into the locker room, and uh, they came back out, and, and you know it certainly wasn't anything fancy, but it was effective. They just kind of worked the clock and didn't do anything too much to, to put uh, C.J. Beathard at risk, and, and uh, you know it all worked out. And I, I think that uh, you know that, that's what they're looking for. As Kirk has said uh, probably about 50 times now since Saturday, it's not about style points; it's about win.
0: Well, apparently there are others in the nation that think it's about style points, but that's a discussion for another time. The Hawkeyes did crack the first college football playoff rankings at number nine. They maintained their number 10 AP ranking and number 11 coaches. Let's look ahead now to the Indiana game, our deep dive. We'll switch it up a bit this week and look at Iowa's offense versus Indiana's defense. C.J. Beathard, now 9-0 as a starting quarterback at Iowa. First time in history of the Iowa program that's ever happened. Iowa is 10th in the nation in time of possession. Third in the Big Ten with 12 scrimmage plays of 40-plus yards. Pretty impressive offense.
5: Yeah, it really has developed into a, a pretty impressive offense and an awfully balanced offense. If you look at the they're rushing and passing totals through eight games. They're almost identical in terms of number of yards. Iowa has rushed the ball for 1,611 yards. They've thrown the ball for 1,630 yards right now. It's that kind of balance and, you know, the pendulum swings between the run and the pass from one game to the next. But when you're talking about wanting to have an, a balanced offense and an Iowa balanced offense, this is exactly what they're talking about.
0: It's kind of funny. The uh, Apparently, Jordan Kanzeri coined the term for the four running backs as the four deadly Horseman, but they've certainly performed really well. Kanzeri out with the injury, then LaShawn Daniels steps up this past week, Akram Wadley the last couple of weeks, Derek Mitchell with some key carries, all contributing in a very significant way.
5: Yeah, absolutely. You know, And Derek Mitchell uh, doing it both with the, with uh, receiving and, and running. So you know, It's one of those things that, that Iowa has a very nice problem to have, especially as, as it appears that Kanzeri may be on kind of a fast track to, to return here in another week or so. But uh, they've got depth and they've got depth and, and variety of styles and, and uh, you know they can kind of pick and choose a little bit what they're going to do with those guys back there and and that's a that's a really nice situation to be in ideally it's it's kind of the situation they wanted to see evolve early in the season but, but when Lashawn went down it was uh, it was one of those things that uh, it's taken a little time to get to this point but it, it certainly looks like it's back now
0: you know Lashawn ran pretty well last week Wadley's just been terrific and all three of those four everybody but Mitchell has at least one 100 plus yard rushing game Kanzari has four. First time since 2005 I was, had three backs carry for, for over 100 yards in a game and you're right about
5: Akram. I mean one of the things that Wadley you know nobody's ever questioned his ability. Everything that we've, you know, we've heard about him and since he arrived on campus is what we're seeing. The only issue has been that ball security thing and, and you know this is two straight games he's come out and taken care of the football and I think he's, he's he's finally realized that his ability to be on the field for Iowa is going to depend on his ability to maintain possession of the ball. And, and once kids catch that and, and figure it out, it usually leads to good things. I mean, that's been that's been history. And, uh, you know, he's moved, apparently moved beyond, uh, you know, which is good. Uh, when, he's caught it. And, and uh, it's a, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a three-headed beast right now. And when Kanzeri comes back, the coaches are going to
0: have uh, a few more carries to split up. Considerable discussion both last week and this week uh, about the blocking that's led to the success of the Iowa running game and that blocking's coming from the fullbacks in a big-time way but also from the wide receivers as well of course as the tight ends.
5: Yeah and and there's been a real buy-in on the part of of especially the receivers this year and you know it's something that started during um, during spring ball and and I think what they're seeing is that you know the downfield blocking that, that they're able to deliver is really opening the door for for some of these thirty and forty yard plays that we're talking about, and what's happening is, is, if one guy is seeing a teammate block for him, he's more willing to do it for, for him to to open it up for the other guy. And uh, you know, it's been a collective kind of effort. And and you know, in talking with with Kayvon Smith and and earlier this season with Jacob Hillier, it, it was really a point of emphasis that uh, that you need to work together for this to happen. And, and what we're seeing is is the result of that. That you know, I was I was pulled back to traditionally being great blockers and. And and, uh, in Plewa and Adam Cox, uh, Iowa has two extremely good fullbacks and and the tight ends have have done a nice job of complementing that as well. And it's a real real benefit to this offense. And it's one of the reasons Iowa is where it is right now.
0: Really solid offensive line play continues to be the case. It's a very versatile group. They've been able to overcome injuries. And as a result of that, they've now developed some pretty good depth and a lot of flexibility.
5: Absolutely. And, And, you know, that's one of the things, flexibility. Is one of the strengths of this this offensive line, and has been for a long time. Those guys kind of cross trained at, at a number of positions, and you know when when Sean Welsh needed to slip out to a tackle spot a couple weeks ago, he was able to do that and did it fairly effectively. And, and uh, you know now they've been able to kind of move him back inside with uh, the the healthy return of Boone Myers, and uh, you know as Ike Bakker you know works his way back, that's going to provide more uh, more opportunities for for uh, coaches to keep fresh legs and fresh bodies. on on the field, which at this time of year, that can be pretty important.
0: Looking at Indiana's defense, more often than not, opponents have been uh, pretty successful in running up some big scores and some pretty impressive stats. Indiana is last in total uh, defense in the Big Ten and four of the five seasons under head coach Kevin Wilson, who's pretty offensive-minded. And ironically, a key part of this season's defensive problems for the Hoosiers is the offense's time of possession. They're 12th in the Big Ten, 29 minutes a, a game. They score so fast, it keeps the defense on the field a majority of each game.
5: That, that, that is a problem, and, and that's one of the uh, the problems that Iowa kind of found itself with a couple of years ago when they kind of experimented with some no huddle and, and up tempo kind of things. With, was was it you know as effective as you were on offense? That you ended up having your defense just dog tired by the end of the day, and and uh, you know that's been the case for Indiana in a couple of games this year. They were they were putting up a heck of a fight a couple of weeks ago against Michigan State, and and uh, you know ended up kind of letting and that one slip away at the end, and uh, you know it's one of those things that uh, it's been problematic for for Kevin Wilson since he arrived at Indiana. Defense has been kind of an afterthought, and if you want to win games in this conference, you better be able to stop people. And uh, you know they, they've done a wonderful job of moving the football and doing a lot of great things there. But until you can keep the opponent off the scoreboard, you're going to have a problem winning consistently in this league. And you know the one thing Indiana has done is they have forced a number of turnovers. They've been pretty opportunistic that way. But uh, yeah, they, they've been went up yards right and left and that's, that's led to a lot of problems.
0: Now they also do have 21 sacks this season which is sixth in the Big Ten but to your point in 2013 they set the all-time Big Ten record in terms of a surrendering total off at 527.9 yards per game they gave up that year and this year they're on pace for 508.6 yards per game. That's really problematical. They're 12th in the Big Ten in rush defense. They're 13th in the Big Ten in pass defense. Uh, they give up the most points in the Big Ten, the most total yards, the most first downs, the most passing yards, and they have the highest rate of third down conversions, nearly 45%. Those are bad stats.
5: Yeah, they really are. And and they've been consistently bad throughout the course of the season. That's that's the one thing. It, it doesn't really seem to matter who they've stepped on the field against. The opponent has been able to move the football. And they've seen some good offensive teams, too, along the way. I mean, they've played Ohio State and, and competed very favorably with them in a, a seven-point game. But, but at the end of the day, their defense wasn't good enough to allow them to win the game.
0: They're kind of inconsistent like you just pointed out. They've stepped up in some big games and played well. They played well against the Buckeyes. They played well for most of the game against Michigan State and then the Spartans poured it on towards the end. They played pretty well against Penn State. For example, against the Spartans, they had 13 tackles for loss and 4 sacks against a a really good Michigan State team. And over the last 5 games, they, they have 18 of their 21 season sacks and 43 of their 49 tackles for loss. So they have shown the capability in certain games to step up.
5: Yeah, and I think that's got to be was concern heading into this weekend. I think that they certainly are capable of rising to the occasion. They've got a lot of veteran guys, more so than what they've had in the past, and they have gone the Juco route a little bit, too, to kind of plug in some holes. It's a defense that's been an area of concern, and some of those concerns have been addressed with bodies, but the experiences to to actually deliver hasn't actually occurred yet on the
0: field. Probably the better defense of players that Iowa fans should look for as Indiana lines up against the Hawkeyes would be, they got two pretty decent uh, defensive ends in Nick Mangieri and Zach Shaw, Schaldel. though Shaw's called a bandit and they've got a couple of decent linebackers in T.J. Simmons and Marcus Oliver
5: Yeah, Simmons, Simmons and Oliver have been all over the field in terms of making tackles, they, they lead the team in tackles, uh, you know in, in Mangieri you've got a guy who's got eight tackles for a loss, he leads them with seven sacks, he's, he's a quarterback hunter and, and he's one of those guys that see best is going to have to be awfully aware of on Saturday or, or he may be uh, he may be uh, picking himself up off the turf a couple of times as well
0: if uh, Bethard were healthy giving this matchup I would like Iowa's chances of putting up 40 plus points but you know his health is going to be key they are going to have to keep him clean Iowa's offensive line is and we'll see what happens but you know if you look at the side-by-side stats matchups offense and offense not the offense versus Indiana's defense but Iowa's offensive numbers come pretty Pretty close to matching a lot of Indiana's on the season. So, we'll see where that goes. Let's talk Iowa's defense versus Indiana's offense, because this is probably the key to this game. The Hawkeyes have to figure out some way to slow down. They're certainly not going to stop Indiana, but you got to slow them down enough that, obviously, you score more points than they do. Indiana's had a fairly decent balanced offense. Uh, you know, everybody thinks of them as the passing, scoring through the air, but they've had a pretty decent running game this season. Yeah, it's been no mystery
5: that, that Kevin Wilson is wanted to try to, to balance this thing out and you know last year they had a great back in Tevin Coleman. Iowa fans saw much more of him than they really wanted to He go at when he ran for you know 200 plus yards and the team ran for 300 against the Hawkeyes so they brought in a, a kid by the name of Jordan Howard he, he was at UAB they blew up their program last year decided to temporarily as it played out to, to discontinue it that allowed their players to go wherever they wanted to go in the country. Jordan Howard surfaced at Indiana very quickly. They got involved with him very early in the process when it appeared that that was the direction things were headed in Birmingham. He moved into that spot that Coleman played a year ago. And, you know, he's rushed for 131 yards a game. He's had a little bit of an ankle sprain in their last two games, but uh, every indication from Kevin Wilson this week is that he was full go at practice last week during their bye week, and he expects him to be ready to go on Saturday. He's a real nice complimentary piece to, to what they've got in a senior quarterback in Nate Hudfeld.
0: Yeah, Eight of his last 10 games 100 plus yards rushing. You just mentioned Nate Sudfield. As Nate Sudfield goes, Indiana's offense goes. He's done nothing short of terrific. He's tied for all-time Indiana lead in career passing touchdowns. He leads the Big Ten in passing. Just to give you an example, the last two games that they've played in the Big Ten, he's hit 70 percent of his passes, has 772 yards through the air, seven touchdowns in passing, one rushing touchdown. Pretty great.
5: Yeah, no question about it. I mean, he's got a 14 14- to four touchdown to interception ratio at this point in the season. He's a senior. He, he's played in this league for four years. He got knocked out of the Iowa game last year with a shoulder separation. Uh, kind of got sandwiched between Carl Davis and Drew Ott and that, that was never a good combination for anybody. But, uh, you know, that ended his season and really for all risk purposes, it ended in the end of the bowl hopes a year ago. So I, I'm sure Iowa's going to get his best on Saturday. Uh, you know, they're, they're sitting four and four and needing to find a way to win a couple of games here down the stretch to, to go to a bowl for just a second time since like 1993 so he, he's a, he'll be a pretty motivated uh you know senior quarterback and, and he'll be a real test for Iowa both both in terms of 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 just uh, the guys up front, and certainly for the guys in the secondary, because he he's got a nice arm. He's thrown he's thrown for about percent of his passes this season completed, and uh, you know he's he's the real deal. There's no question. He and Tanner Cook and, and um, you know Christian Hackenberg from Penn State are probably the premier quarterbacks in the league
0: right now. And they keep him clean. They've got a really good and veteran offensive line anchored by right guard Dan Feeney and left tackle Jason Spriggs. The fact that they have so few sacks against speaks to that. And then he has a trio of real good wide receivers.
5: Yeah, no question. Uh, you take a look at Ricky Jones and, and, and Simi Cobbs who's coming in off a pair of really nice games and Mitchell Page. You've got three guys that, you know, they've all got over 30 catches so they're going to spread the ball around quite a bit and they're all very capable. They're going to keep the, the guys in the Hawkeye secondary pretty busy keeping track of those guys because they're, they're, this is a pretty balanced passing attack to go with a pretty balanced running attack. So it, it's, uh, you know, it's the type of thing that uh, I was going to have to be ready to go on also defensively they've got to be able to set up an edge and, and pinch that running game in a little bit and, and you know if they can do that and make them a little bit one-dimensional I think that probably plays in Iowa's favor but doing that and, and saying that are two different
0: things they've been very opportunistic in terms of points off of turnovers we talk a lot this year about Iowa's success in that regard and they've had a great deal of success there. 10 and turnover margin their 19 takeaways have led to 71 points Indiana though has a turnover margin of plus six which is pretty good, but they've scored 65 points compared to Iowa's 71 on their 14 takeaways. Very similar. And
5: and I think, you know, it, it certainly is something that has helped Indiana have the kind of success that it has had. It's kept them in some games. They were pretty opportunistic last year in Iowa City. And, and you know, this is a team that, uh, you know, the, they've got the potential to give Iowa some issues in a lot of different areas. And certainly Iowa's going to have to take care of the ball. And, and you know, it, this could be another day where, you know, Indiana doesn't give it away a lot, but uh, you know, any turnover that I was able to to come up with in this game, uh, I I think really probably, uh, you know, could loom large for Iowa.
0: I'm really anxious and anticipating this matchup, Iowa's defense versus Indiana's offense. There are a lot of superlatives for the Hawkeyes' defense and justifiably so. They're in several of the FBS top 10 categories. Rush defense, number five. Scoring defense, six. Turnover margin, tied sixth. Total defense, seventh. Red zone, eighth. they rank seventh in the country with three defensive TDs. And still, this far end of the season, they've only given up one rushing touchdown, yield just 85.8 yards rushing per game.
5: All really impressive numbers. And, and all, you know, it all really show you what kind of uh, collective effort that uh, Phil Parker has gotten out of these guys this year. And, it, you know, it starts with the four guys up front and, and kind of mixing some guys in at the end positions because of injury. Probably the good news for Iowa this week is it looks like Nate Meyer is going to be able to go on Saturday that's uh, certainly uh you know something that maybe wasn't envisioned as he as he came off that field uh, against the Terrapins but uh, it, it's been a nice collective effort there's been real growth at the linebacker positions I think Ben Neiman has been uh, has been tr- a terrific addition at the outside position and, and you know certainly in the secondary with Desmond King doing his thing uh it, it's been a front-to-back effort that, that really seems to work the, the pieces really fit together and I, I think that's good
0: yeah Iowa leads the big 10 with 12 picks three of those return for touch Downs you mentioned Desmond King he leads the big 10 and is tied first nationally with 7 INTs and uh, just put this in historical context to show how good King has been playing this season he's one pick shy of tying the all-time record which is held by Lou King in 1981 and Nile Kinnick in 1939
5: one of the more storied records in, in in the Iowa record book and and yeah for for Desmond to be sitting where he's sitting right now with realistically at least five games in front of him. You know, you've got to think that you know that opportunity may come his way And I'm really surprised that people continue to kind of throw to him, but uh, I, I think that's probably a sign of respect not only for, for King but for the rest of the guys in that secondary that uh, they're not allowing those other guys to get open. So sometimes they're just not having any other choice to pitch it his way. And Desmond does an awfully good job of reading that ball and, and, and chasing it down.
0: Another key which, again, will be very important this weekend is the Hawkeyes have been really good at setting the edge compared especially to the last two or three years and a large part of that has to do with how well the linebackers are playing individually and as a group kind of a surprise really.
5: It has been and I think what we saw preseason is we saw Jim Reed kind of tweaking and, and experimenting a little bit looking for that right combination. Came up with a diamond in the rough in, in Cole Fisher a 50-year senior who really hadn't seen the field much at all and you know Cole has, has had a terrific season and, and you know for him to step in at, at that will position it, it, you know the white side thing has been pretty pretty good. Uh, ben Neiman has been has, has brought some athleticism and speed to the outside position that certainly has, has helped upgrade that spot. And and you know, and Josie Jewell has kind of been the guy in the middle that kind of quietly goes about his work, but he's done a terrific job as well of, of being kind of the quarterback of that group. And it, it's one of those things; those guys are still fairly young. With uh, referring there to, to Neiman and, and uh, Josie, but uh, they've grown, they've gained experience, they, they've got you know a year on the field under their belt and i think we're starting to see that work and, and this group works pretty well together i think the communication both verbally and non-verbally is is uh you know is exactly what needs to be there and, and that's that's had a big big impact on why this iowa defense has been as successful it has been
0: after this break steve talks the iowa indiana special teams the big 10 and he makes his prediction <laughs>
2: Are you or your local Iowa company looking for a new roof or sheet metal work? TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal specializes in low slope commercial and industrial roofing and sheet metal. Building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years, TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, located in Ely, Iowa, just south of Cedar Rapids, provides strong, expert customer service and the best quality fit for you, their customer. For a free estimate, give TNK a call at 319-848-4191 or toll-free at 1-800-383-7663. You can can also visit their brand new website at tkroofing.com. TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, your home for all your low slope roofing systems. Give them a call today. Again, 319-848-4191 or toll free at 1-800-383-7663.
0: We talked about it all the way back in August. There's a different vibe about this team. It's easier to understand what that is now, but it was hard to put your finger on it back in August. But there's something special with a lot of potential here. Just a couple of quick notes on special teams. Dylan Kidd continues to excel. He's averaging nearly 48 yards a punt, and he had some really important plays versus Maryland.
5: Yeah, no question. I mean, he's shown the real ability to to, uh, deliver that coffin corner kick that uh, can be so bad. Valuable and, and and you know it, it certainly was something that uh, that a year ago wasn't part of the arsenal a year ago I think a lot of times the, the main objective was just to get the thing off and, and what we've seen is he, he's become a more of a craftsman at that spot and it's one of the real success stories on this football team is, is the way that he has developed into being an effective punter and, and uh, you know by pinning teams deep in their own territory and, and by delivering punts that, that frankly aren't very returnable i think that that's been a benefit That certainly Iowa has made They made the most
0: of. Marshall, Kane's been a little bit inconsistent of late. In fact, you kind of cross your fingers and maybe a couple of toes there when he's lining up for a field goal. Still, he's hitting nearly 80% of his field goals. 28 to 31 PATs, kind of interesting. The Indiana place kicker, who's tied for first in the Big Ten in field goal percentage, he's also at almost exactly the same figures for PATs, 31 to 34. So those both could play a big factor in this game.
5: Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I think the other thing, too, that we're starting to, the weather's starting to turn too a little bit, and, uh you know, and, and as, as Big Ten football moves from October to November, conditions begin to start playing uh, you know into things, especially with kicking and punting and that type of thing. And it's going to be interesting to see uh, you know how, how kids continues to deliver here over these next four games.
0: Before we get your keys and prediction, just a moment or two on the Big Ten. Iowa, of course, leads the Big Ten West four and zero. They're a game ahead of Wisconsin. They hold all the tiebreakers, so their path really is open to however they want to to achieve it. In the East Division, Ohio State and Michigan State remain tied at 4-0. That's three Big Ten teams undefeated this deep into the season, which hasn't happened since, I believe it was 1903. I wasn't around for that, but yeah, you're right. Believe it or not, neither was I. Some interesting games. Last week, Michigan defeated Minnesota in a game that I'm sure where the emotion was just sky high for Minnesota with Jerry Kill's resignation as head coach. Coach and everything that was associated with that, and, and they nearly pulled it off. Purdue, though, beat Nebraska 55-45, to and right now I'd say the path for Nebraska, even reaching bowl eligibility, is slim to none, and, and Slim's got the door halfway open.
5: Yeah, they've, they've got three games left on their schedule. They have Michigan State in Lincoln uh, this weekend. They've still got a game against uh, Rutgers on the road, and then, and then they host the Hawkeyes uh, the day after Thanksgiving. So very tough uh, situation for Nebraska. One loss will take them out of bowl eligibility. Uh, my guess is that may happen this week against a Michigan State team that seems to be getting healthier, which uh, they're coming off a bye and, and Mark D'Antonio actually packed the pads away last week and just had the kids work out with uh, the strength and conditioning guys and, and try to get his team healthy for the stretch run. And A healthy Michigan State team is a pretty scary Michigan State team and my guess is that uh, this may not be a pleasant Saturday night in Lincoln.
0: We were sort of chuckling the other day about Nebraska's athletic director when he fired Bo Polini, he said he didn't want to become Iowa. Well, that's certainly what's happened. He, he hasn't become Iowa this season.
5: No, no.
0: This week, a couple of interesting games. Penn State at Northwestern, uh, and that's got implications for both divisions. And as you mentioned, Michigan State at Nebraska. And then it'll be interesting to see how Minnesota plays in the Saturday night game in Columbus.
5: Yeah, especially with J.T. Barrett out this week. Uh, you know, I, I think Minnesota and how they respond coming off with such an emotional loss at the end of an emotional week last week. You know, Is there anything left in the tank? I, I have no doubt in my mind they're going to show up at Kinnick Stadium ready to go in another week, but their, their emotional state this week, I think, is, is in play. You know, I think Ohio State has has the potential to be a little wobbly offensively with uh, with what they're going through right now, so uh, it, it should be an interesting evening matchup. Two, two really good night games this week.
0: Time for your keys and your prediction.
5: Yeah, I, I think for Iowa, I think time of possession is really one of those stats that a lot times coaches kind of poo-poo, but I think this is a week where time of possession can be pretty big for Iowa. I think uh, uh, the Hawkeyes' ability to stay in and drives and, and keep that Indiana defense on the field for, for long periods of drive, I think plays into Iowa's hands. I think it's uh, probably, uh, you know, would also play into the hands of a fairly strong and potent running game that would take a little of the pressure off of the mobility of, of C.J. Beathard, who is still going to be limited and probably will be so for the rest of the season, but uh, you know what we saw last week was a fairly short passing game. And we didn't see him throw deep a lot. We didn't see him uh, look to run much at all. You know, he, he pretty much stayed in the pocket and, and took care of business. And I would suspect that's probably what the game plan will be moving forward. But, uh, uh, you know, there'll probably be a wrinkle or two throwing in. But, uh, you know, I I think that time of possession, this may be one of those rare weeks where that is a big deal for the Hawkeyes. I think for Iowa, they, they need to uh, to be able to to set up that edge. They need to, uh, you know, set up the edge and swarm to the football. It's something that the Hawkeyes have been really good at so far this year. It was something they were really bad at against Indiana a year ago and, you know, a lot of the same pieces are in in place. Uh, It's a different running back, but it's the same scheme. It's it's a more veteran offensive line for the Iowa defense to come out and make a statement in this game would be really important. I think Iowa is going to go over there and find a way to win. It it may not be pretty and, you know, and I'm sure the national pundits will continue to howl about that, but Iowa has never been accused of being the sexiest car in the parking lot and, uh, you know, I think if they can get out of Indiana with a 27-24 victory, I think they'll take it and run.
3: His reputation is expanding faster than the universe. He once had an awkward moment just to see how it feels. He lives vicariously through himself. Desmond King
1: had a pick six. Solid rushing attack once again. Three different backs had a rushing touchdown. For the Hawkeyes, who moved to 8-0 for the first time since 2009. They've beaten the teams that have been on their schedule. A couple of quality wins already against the ranked teams. Iowa is the clubhouse leader. They are primed to make an appearance in the Big Ten championship game if they can continue what they've been doing. A 31-15 victory.
2: Just a reminder, you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawkeyes. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Visit HawkeyesMike.com. Go to the news and events section and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes. And you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, Medium, and Facebook. Also be sure to check out all of the Hawkeyes stories, features, and blogs in the Gazette and the Quad City Times.
0: Our thanks again to ABC ESPN2 for the game highlights this week, and thanks as always to Steve Batterson. We hope you've enjoyed this Hawkeyes Mike podcast, that you'll come back for more, and that you will subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMic.com. One passion, many voices.
1: Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.